Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Ritter, the CEO of MBFS and your host of Credit Union Conversations. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited about our guest today for multiple reasons, a lot of which is because he runs the trade association of my niche of an industry. So, Jack Antonini, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. So for those of you who don't know Jack, uh, from all, who, who are our listeners, Jack is the CEO of the National Association of Credit Union Service Organizations. I should know that like the back of my hand, Jack. <laughs> we always just call it NACUSA, right? So we don't say out the full name very often. So I understand we call that. it. We call it Nikuso because the full name doesn't fit well on t-shirts. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. So before we we talk a little bit about Nikuso and what Nikuso is up to, tell people a little bit about yourself, your background, who you are, your life's journey, and and uh, what you're up to. Okay, um, I. Uh, started out as a CPA uh, out of college a um, long time ago. <laughs> uh, ended up after uh, working in public accounting for a few years going into the banking world. Uh, spent about 22 years in total in the banking financial services sector. Um, 11 of those years were at USAA, uh, which is the closest that I had the opportunity to be in uh, that was similar to credit unions, you know, where USAA is owned by its members and we serve USAA members. and. Uh, I started out as the CFO there, um, a couple years later became the Chief Operating Officer and ultimately the CEO of USAA's banking operations. Um, was a tremendous opportunity. Uh, we were the first virtual bank in America, if you will, that really operated from one location in San Antonio at USAA's headquarters. And we really served the military membership base. Um, so it was interesting and fun to be able to put together uh, ways to serve the military all across the world uh, at, at, without doing it in a face-to-face -face manner back in the 80s and 90s when face-to-face -face was really the dominant way that you did business. Uh, so it was very interesting. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, ultimately moved on when our, our chairman, uh, General McDermott, that I had the great pleasure to work for, uh, retired. Um, ultimately uh, stayed in other areas of banking and went to First USA, which is uh, today it was the second or third largest credit card issuer in the country. It's really the core of JP Morgan Chase's uh, credit card operations today. I was the CFO and vice chairman there. And then I went and ran um, the retail banking operations for First Union. And that today is really the eastern half of uh, Wells Fargo. So had a chance to work in several different banking organizations, ultimately um, left those uh, and uh, ran a little organization in Houston, Texas called Cardtronics. When I joined it, it had, I don't know, it was seventh or eighth biggest in ATM owners in the country. Uh, we made it the largest ATM operator in the world. 
uh, put together the all-point network that a lot of credit unions use today uh, to provide surcharge-free access to their members. Uh, retired from that after taking it public because being the CEO of a public company is a real pain, and I was I was past enjoying that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, um, was asked uh, by Sarah Kanipa Bang, who was a, a a partner with us. We provided services to the industry through these couple thousand advanced function machines that were in Seven Elevens that we happened to own. And so I got to know Sarah really well. She asked me to come speak at the NACUSO conference and talk about my days at USAA because there were very few leaders at USAA that had ever left and would therefore talk about uh, the USAA organization. So that's how I got to meet and get to know uh, NACUSO. And after speaking at the organization, uh, some changes happened and uh, ultimately I was able to join NACUSO as the CEO back in 2010. So I've been at NACUSO ever since and uh, it's been fabulous working with you and with the folks in the industry. I've got to say it's been one of the most enjoyable things I've done in my career. It's really been and, great. And, and, yeah, it, it's really fascinating that people, you know, we see the USAA commercials and but it's really probably the closest thing to a credit union that's not a credit union out there uh, with their structure. So that, mm-hmm. that must have been fascinating and, and carrying over. So it prepared me for a lot of things and helped me to understand, um, you know, both the banking rules, because we were still a bank, but, you know, we were really operated like a credit union, you know, so that was great preparation for me uh, for coming to NACUSO. So we have uh, many QSO listeners, QSO employees, QSO CEOs, people that listen to this show. And uh, obviously we're geared towards the credit union industry. So most people, if I always say, if you're listening to this show and you're not in the credit union space, uh, you probably need something else to listen to uh, and better selections. <laughs> but, you know, not... Many people, uh, I always consider NACUSO kind of that a hidden gem in our industry. Mm-hmm. So tell people a little bit about the purpose of NACUSO, what you consider the role to be, you know, and kind of where it's been over, over the years. Sure. That's a good question. And NACUSO was formed back in 1985 to help credit unions to evaluate the use of CUSOs predominantly at that time to offer non-traditional products and services, you know, offering wealth management or investment services or insurance services were things that you couldn't do through a credit union itself at that time. Now, investment services are now allowed as part of the evolution that's happened in the banking and financial services and credit union world, you know, over the last, you know, 35 years since uh, NACUSA was formed. But, you know, we really were focused on helping to educate credit unions on what the benefits would be of collaborating and using CUSOs to help uh, provide a broader range of products and services to your members. So over the years, while we've continued to focus on education and the benefits of collaboration, we've also um, worked on advocacy, you know, because again, if you look at CUNA and NAFQ, there's so many issues, you know, that they represent uh, the industry on, which makes perfect sense. But we represent uh, that portion of the industry that are QSOs and the credit unions that own QSOs. And so what we try to do is to 
ensure that there's going to be an operating environment for CUSOs that is as open and as free to do business as possible, to be able to help credit unions to be able to really serve their members in the best way possible. So that means trying to limit uh, overly uh, restrictive regulation or things like that. So that's really where our advocacy comes in. Um, and the other thing that we really have focused on is collaboration or connecting people. So we really see there's benefits in helping uh, a new credit union leader, maybe somebody that just got promoted or somebody that joined a credit union and they've heard about QSOs, but they don't really know how to go about learning what do you do to start a QSO? Is there already a QSO out there that may be doing something that they're looking for? We try to help them in understanding you know, what's available in the marketplace today. We've got something that we call the QSO Analyzer that Callahan put together for us a few years ago that has every QSO in America. And it tells you know where they do business, what they do, um, you know what states they operate in, what major credit union ownership there is, you know things like that, so that folks who are thinking about uh, doing something in the space have a place to go to be able to see what's already being done, and then they can decide whether there's a good solution there already, or maybe they're looking at doing something that doesn't currently exist in the market. So they want to be able to find someone that maybe can work with them and helping them to collaborate and do that. And we generally try to help make those connections through our conference. So that's kind of the, the how we've evolved, if you will, and th you think about how we've changed. And as we look forward, we're really thinking about we want to be a leader in facilitating and accelerating innovation. So we've, we started uh, back in 2012, this thing at our conference that we call the Next Big Idea Competition. And it's kind of a shameless takeoff from uh, what's it Shark called? Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it's it's a neat way to be able to bring innovative new ideas into the industry. And of course, we have all the people in attendance vote on which one they like the best. And for the last few years, Co-op has actually partnered with us in giving uh, $10,000 in award money uh, to the top two winners in the next big idea. So we really try to bring innovative new solutions. And that's something that we really see as a role that we can play in helping the industry. Because most innovation, frankly, comes in either through fintech and or fintechs and QSOs that are working together to provide those types of solutions to the industry. So I have been involved with credit unions a little over 20 years now. Wow. And the first piece is, you know, when I started up the business lending program at Members First tw a little over 20 years ago now, I basically was on an island and... <laughs> I didn't know anybody in our industry. I was the only person doing business loans at Members mm -hmm. First. Sure. And nobody else at the credit union knew anything about it. No, <laughs> Hardly any other credit unions were doing business loans at the time. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it was about a year or two into my tenure is when I first uh, attended an ACUSO event. And at the time, they had uh, a business services conference and the annual conference. Right. And I, I have been hooked ever since because I, I tell people, you know, everybody that you want to be talking to to learn about your industry and to network in your industry, this is where they're at. And, and yeah. it's really made an impact to me personally in my profession and career journey because of exactly what you talk about 
it's bringing together the industry it's bringing together the credit union people, the QSO people, the vendors, suppliers, and it's also across different uh, business lines. So, yeah, I love the business lending conference and that collaboration, and that's evolved over the years. But we really, you know, it, it's great to be able to learn about all these different types of industries in one spot. So, uh, I, I don't know if anybody has ever given you that similar feedback before, but yeah, I always tell people this is, you know, if there's one place that I have to go for a year and I go to one conference, I'm going to Nikuso because that's everybody who I need to talk to to learn about my industry and what's going on. I love that. That's great feedback, Mark. So probably the most visible piece that you do that people can see and feel and touch is that annual conference. Mm -hmm. It's coming up. This is your chance. Give people the commercial when and where, <laughs> uh, and, and what do they got to do to register? Okay. Uh, it's coming up March 27th to March 30th. It's going to be at the Wynn resort in Las Vegas, which is a great uh, property, beautiful rooms. It's very, very nice. And um, it's, it's much more like a business hotel in terms of, you know, the kind of uh, space and everything that's there, uh, which makes it easy to do business there, which is what we really like. You can register by going to nakuso.org. Right on the front page is information about the conference, so it's pretty easy uh, to be able to see and register. Um, we've got Jerry Rice this year. He's going to be one of our keynote speakers, the legendary NFL wide receiver. Um, and that's hardly been announced yet but uh he's such a phenomenal guy and he's done so many great things over the years and and just still holds most of the records as a wide receiver in the nfl which is pretty amazing so he's going to come and talk to us this year uh we've got a really interesting person there's a lady named rachel wilson and she is currently the head of cybersecurity for morgan stanley but she spent 15 years working at nsa where she ran counterterrorism ops, uh, she worked on cybersecurity threats, uh, did a lot of incredible things in the cybersecurity area. And we think that she is the perfect person, whether it's a CIO or a CEO uh, that wants to really understand what it's like out there. Um, she is gonna present a fantastic, very exciting uh, presentation where she's gonna talk about you know, what's going on out there in the cybersecurity threats, you know, what companies and institutions are facing from places like North Korea and Iran, from cybersecurity uh, or cyber organized crime syndicates, even individual hackers and, you know, what they're doing, how to prevent it, how to protect your, uh, your organization, how to protect your members. Uh, so she's going to be very exciting to hear from. Um, we've got uh, Gene Goldman, who was one of the best economists that I've heard in my life. He's very practical and he breaks things down in a way that you can everybody can understand what he's talking about and talks about the trends and what's going on and of course you know we're all looking at a very unusual year in 2023 as you know the the predominance of uh, economists are predicting that we're going to face a recession. Is it going to be shallow or deep? Um, you know, how bad of an impact is it going to have on us? And of course, those of us in financial services know that there's potentially a big impact, you know, from a recession and we want to understand it. And so he's going to talk about that. 
He's going to talk about what to expect in 2023, what does that mean for us in the credit union world. He's going to talk about all that, which I think will be helpful. And then we've also got uh, Professor Lamont Black. We had him come uh, last year in April when we were in Orlando and talk about uh, the uh, cryptocurrency and those kind of things. And he was very cautious about uh, how you have to be careful about that. And that was, uh, boy, he was right on about that. And this I guess year he's he was talk right. About, <laughs> he really was, right? And so this year he's going to talk about digital wallets, uh, decentralized finance type loans, uh, and even the metaverse. I mean, he's such a advanced technology person. And, you know, he worked, used to work at the Federal Reserve. Um, you know, he's currently a professor. Uh, at Northwestern University, he just this is what he studies and what he teaches, and he's he again he breaks things down in a way that people who don't understand this kind of technology can still understand what the impact might be, where things are headed, you know what we can expect. So I think he's going to be an exciting speaker as well. And then we've got uh, two NCUA board members, Rodney Hood and Kyle Hauptman. Uh, they're both going to talk about where the NCUA is going, what kind of things we can expect from them this year. Uh, and including some of the special things that we're pushing for in our advocacy area, because um, we're trying to get uh, more FinTech Investment Authority for credit unions separate from CUSO Investment Authority, because uh, not every FinTech wants to become a CUSO for credit unions to be able to invest in them. And uh, we've talked with every one of the NCUA board members about that. Uh, Rodney Hood and Kyle Hauptman have especially embraced that, and they're uh, moving forward with plans to try to provide that kind of uh, ability. Uh, so they're going to be there to talk with us. Dennis Dollar is going to talk as a former NCUA chairman, you know, about the type of regulation we can be expecting in 2023 that's going to affect credit unions and CUSOs. So, and then we've got a bunch of great breakout sessions. So, um, and that right ranges everywhere from, you know, member business lending and business services to insurance services, mortgage services, um, you know, how to have an efficient operation, how to be able to uh, leverage new technologies to be able to better serve your members, you know, how to have a sales culture that uh, is not something that's offensive to members, but actually members embrace and enjoy. So there's going to be a lot of really good breakouts there as well. So. I think it's going to be uh, another really good conference. It's in a great location, um, and it's a, a, a nice time of year to be able to get away for those of us that have lived in the north. You know, getting to the, you know, the, the warmer climates in uh, March or April always feels kind of good. So um, that's, that's what's going to be coming. <laughs> I, I always enjoy my trip, but the weather never hurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Probably, and I don't know if you've had anybody phrase Nikuso conference like this, but m m myself and I'm sure you, you, we, we have both been to way too many business trade show conferences. Mm -hmm. And most trade shows, uh, you know, you take your typical credit union trade show. There's the attendees, which oftentimes are retail credit unions. And mm -hmm. then there's what I'll call the supporting staff it's the people working the trade show booths, which drives me nuts. I never want to sit in another trade show booth the rest of my life, but I know <laughs> I'll have to. It's kind of an attendee and exhibitor relationship where there's the, the credit union and then the, the, the vendors and the exhibitors. Mm -hmm. Where you have vendors and exhibitors, but the difference at Nikuso is Nikuso's that one conference that's for everybody. If you're a yeah. retail credit union, 
it's a great place to go and network with people. If you're a QSO, you can learn what's going on at other QSOs. You can and meet a few retail credit unions and meet with some mm -hmm. key vendors. If you're a vendor, it's a no-brainer. This is a very approachable crowd. Uh, you know, many times in the, I, I you know, you, people may wince when I say this, but the credit union conference, it's board member heavy. They're there sometimes more for a vacation. Right. This mm -hmm. is an engaging audience, no matter if you're an, a QSO, if you're a retail credit union, or if you're in the industry supplier vendor exhibit, you know, stage. So mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it different. And that's why I like going every year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we take a different approach as well, even in the area where, you know, people talk, you know, like whether you're talking to exhibitors that maybe, you know, existing QSOs or others, we do a networking lounge. So it's a much more relaxed and conversational kind of a thing. Like you said, a lot of trade shows that I've been to over my career, it's uh, you, you walk up and then they start attacking you right away with their sales pitch. And this is very different from that. It's more of a conversation with somebody about what things you're interested in, what are they doing, what new things are they working on. And you see people, we've got a lot of conversation areas in the, the network exhibiting lounge. And you see people sitting and talking and people gathering around and talking about you know, some new things and where things are going. And it's, it's a pretty exciting uh, environment because it is where a lot of new ideas come out. Um, Again, Sarah Kanipa Bang that um, now is working at NCUA, I remember her telling me that of all the different things that she did in her career, every new idea that she got came from a NACUSO conference where she was talking with somebody else, they brainstormed, they heard something that triggered an idea, and then from there, it moved into uh, something that they were able to work on. And I just remember when she told me that, it's like, that is amazing. You know, so, it, but it is a very engaged group of people, like you said, Mark. It's uh, folks that are the decision makers and the folks that are really responsible for making things happen in their credit unions and QSOs. So, the, you know, the, the there is to me that the value of the NACUSO membership is the easiest business expense that I justify a year. But obviously, you stay pretty busy the entire year. Mm -hmm. what, what type of outside of uh, planning a great conference, you know, what keeps you busy? What, what, do you, what are you up to outside of the conference uh, that, that really kind of brings people, members, you know, the industry, uh, you know, whether it be the, like the advocacy and education sure. and the different functions that you, that you, that you take on? Yeah, no, that's a very good question because advocacy happens all year long. You know, we're meeting with the regulators, we're talking with them. If they have issues or questions or things like that, we go and meet with them and, and try to help work through different things that they're worried about. You know, there's always a list of things that we're trying to do to help the industry. So, you know, this FinTech Investment Authority that I mentioned earlier, you know, that we want to be able to see that separate from QSO investment limits. Um, that's something that, again, has been really embraced you know, by the NCUA board. Um, you know, we work with uh, closely with NAFQ, CUNA, and NASCIS. Um, we speak at their conferences. I've spoken at each of their annual conferences. Um, we've spoken at uh, the uh, conferences from state leagues and things like that as well. So we're out there trying to tell, you know, people, you know, what 
CUSOs are all about, trying to help credit unions that, again, there's, there's you know, big turnover in leaders right now. You know, so a lot of the baby boomers are retiring and new people are stepping into the leadership roles at credit unions. And they're coming in and saying, well, God, what is this all about? Help me understand this. So we're trying to, you know, make sure that people understand what the opportunities are and that, you know, credit union owned solutions are way better than just vendor solutions that, you know, where the bottom line is really the, the, you know, the goal, you know, so it's a lot of education, a lot of helping people to, to meet the right people. You know, when we, uh, we talk, we try to help uh, connect people. Um, we spend a lot of time throughout the year uh, answering calls and helping people to find others that are interested in doing something similar to what they like to do. Uh, so it's, it's, those types of things, um, you know, that helps with the connection and collaboration, um, helping people to network, you know, and find, you know, the right new opportunities for them, um, the advocacy that we do that continues to happen throughout the year. And then on the education side, you know, we're, we're putting together um, uh, some more educational types of things that will be uh, available to members where they can download it, watch it anytime that they want to, rather than a webinar that happens at a specific day and time. Um, you know, we're looking at recording and making available educational types of, of uh, videos and things like that that'll be on our website and available regularly. So we're getting started on that this year. By next year, we expect to have a lot of content on there. Um, so those are the types of things that we work at um, when we're not working on the conference and you know, helping in that way to be able to get, get more information out there for the industry. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody who's not in the credit union industry and they ask me what I do for a living, yeah. I just simply say I work with credit unions because I have found trying to explain what a CUSA, you know, credit unions, well, they have these companies that are owned by credit unions that support them and they're not part of the credit union, but they're owned by credit unions and they support the members <laughs> just gets way too complex. So I right. just like to say, I work with credit unions. When people ask you, when people ask you that, <laughs> it must be well. There's this trade association for credit unions and companies that's owned by credit unions that support credit unions. So yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally do just like you do, Mark. I say, I work at a company that's a nonprofit that helps credit unions to better serve their members, and people can relate Done. to that. You know, it's Done. simple. They can relate. They understand it. You know, so <laughs> yes. Yes, beyond that, they, they it would just confuse them, so. Yeah, the eyes glaze over and, <laughs> yep. So, so let's wrap up here talking a little bit about today's world. You know, we talked a lot yeah. about advocacy. Uh, we <laughs> talked a lot about issues. Uh, and, and many times what I find, if we're not in front of issues as an industry, we're, be, we're behind the issue and who yeah. knows what could happen. Yep. What do you think is the top, topic here or one or two topics that's on your mind uh, when it comes to the regulatory issues and things that we need to be aware of that NICUSO mm -hmm. is working on behind the scenes? Well, a big one is, um, you know, the NCUA has been trying uh, for many, many, many years to get unlimited uh, third-party examination authority. We, along with CUNA and NAFQ and even well, I won't go any further than that and start yes. talking about other trade groups, but uh, NAFQ and CUNA agree with us completely that that is just so not necessary. Today, the NCUA has full access to all the 
examinations that are being done by the OCC, by the FDIC, and by the Fed through their membership in the FFIEC, which is the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council. And so as a result, they have access to those exams right there and have actually in the past, I remember uh, Chairman Debbie Matz actually shared an exam that she got through the FFIEC and sent out one to uh, all the credit unions and said, we just became aware of this and you need to be aware of this because this is a vendor that is a big vendor to the credit union world. You need to understand these risks. So there's that ability to be able to get that. And, you know, we just see this as something that is really overreach. Um, you know, they, they keep claiming that they want the same thing that the Fed, the, the FDIC and the OCC have, but they ask for oversight over all third party vendors for credit unions. And the in the banking world, having worked in it for 20 some years in my own life, uh, the OCC, the FDIC and the Fed, they only oversee those vendors that provide direct banking related services where they're actually interacting, whether it's printing a, um, a, a statement for a customer or other ways that they're handling customer information. Maybe they're helping to process payments or checks or other things like that. Um, those are the only ones that they actually look at. They don't look at every single vendor. So there's been a real um, you know, misunderstanding or, or overstatement on behalf of the NCUA. And so we're trying to help clarify that. And because there's been no transparency from the NCUA in terms of what they would do if they were to get this third-party examination authority, we're very opposed to it because we see it as very costly, that it's something that we think is uh, just more justification for more people, frankly. You know, that if you look at the FDIC, as the number of banks that the FDIC examines has been decreasing, there's been a direct correlation and a re reduction in the number of staff at the FDIC. We have not seen that at the NCUA. The NCUA staff has actually increased from back when there was 12,000 credit unions that they used to examine back in 2000, their staff is actually higher and their budget is more than 100% above what it was back in 2000, where the FDIC has come down in lockstep with the number of banks that they examine. So we, we, we have worries that you know some of this is just to justify additional staff and justify a bigger agency when it's really not necessary. And the other thing people tend to not understand about it right now uh, since the NCUA adopted this CUSO rule back in uh, November of 2013, they've been doing reviews of CUSOs. Now, a review is very, very different from an examination because in a review, they can make suggestions. They can go to credit union owners and say, hey, you need to do this at this uh, CUSO that you've invested in, but they don't get to directly demand what a CUSO does. And once they get that third party authority, they literally can tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. And just like what they do with credit unions today. And that's just kind of more than what's necessary, we feel in, in our opinion. And, you know, the NAFQ and CUNA folks agree with us on that. To take things to an illogical level, they don't need to have authority over the lawn care guy, even, you know, all vendors. Exactly. Now, now, right. Now, I can tell you, and I think you know this, technically, the NCUA does not regulate and have regulatory authority over me. From a practical side, that is entirely off base because I'm owned by credit unions. 
And if they go right. into their credit unions and give them grief, guess what yeah. happens? It yeah, doesn't make call. my I get a phone call. And yeah. if I don't listen and help and come to a resolution, mm-hmm. they can't they can't tell me to stop, but they can sure as heck tell my credit unions to stop doing business with me and do this and this and this. And and, right. and the from a practical standpoint, uh, they they can wield plenty of authority over me, uh, and, exactly, and, and and do, and and yes. absolutely do. Yep, and that again is why we think the system works today. That's already in place, that there doesn't need to be additional direct examination authority, because they have the ability to do these reviews, and they can you know carry out things through the credit unions today. And we've asked, has there been problems? And they can't cite any problems in the last 10 years with this system that they put in place since they adopted that rule in November of 2013. So, you know, it's working. So why do we need to do more? Why do we need to add more examiners? We don't think it's necessary. So that's that's one of the things that we really have been focused on. You know, the, like I mentioned, the um, ability you know to get uh, for credit unions to be able to invest in fintechs and be able to do so uh, in a more flexible way um, than you know the way that we have to do it today through QSOs. Um, those are things that we're working on. Uh, there are a couple of others that um, I'm not really at liberty to talk about today because we've been having conversations with uh, the regulators about it, but it's not far enough along to where our advisors say that it's okay to talk about openly and publicly, but we, we keep talking about other issues that we work behind the scenes um, that we're just not far enough along to be able to uh, talk about it publicly yet. But there's a lot of work that actually goes on behind the scenes um, you know, to help make things happen. A, a really good example, just to go back a few years when uh, the NCOA adopted the uh, risk-based capital regulation, uh, we were all shocked to see a 250%, which was the highest risk weighting that they gave for anything uh, to QSOs and investments in QSOs. And so when we met with Chairman Matz and all her staff um, and asked, well, where did that come from? She said, well, actually we were very generous because, you know, banks, uh, you know, have an even higher risk weighting on uh, investments that they make in, in things like QSOs. And I said, I was a CFO for many years in, in two big, very big banks. I did those calculations. And I think you're not thinking of the right thing. If you wouldn't mind, if you would share that information with us, so, you know, what you're comparing to, we would love to be able to take a look at that. So they did. I mean, to her credit, uh, she had the uh, general counsel, you know, sent to us what they based it on. And immediately I saw what it was because banks literally have the ability to go out and do venture capital investing and even angel investing where they never get a penny back of their capital unless that business is highly successful and they're ultimately able to sell it to somebody else. It's in those cases where they have a 400% capital risk weighting, but what's comparable to QSOs is called a bank service corporation. Those are fully consolidated and it's 100% capital risk weighting. So we went to uh, a law firm in DC that I had worked with when I was at USAA. We got the head partner over the financial institutions business to write a letter. We delivered it to the NCUA and to her credit, she said, well, you know what, we got it wrong and they changed it back to 100%. So it's those types of things that don't always even get heard, but that make a difference, you know, in terms of things that we do, you know, to be able to help the industry. That, that is great. Uh, yourself, Shauna, the team there at Nacuso does a great job in helping our industry out. And, 
you know, to wrap things up here with us, uh, you know, really, I, I encourage people to go out to Nikuso's website and uh, become a member. Even if you can't make the conference, become a member. There is value in that. And mm -hmm. you will definitely, people will definitely get a return on their investment by attending the conference. So, so Jack, thank you for joining us. Any parting words? No, just thank you very much for the invitation, Mark. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you at the conference. Absolutely. So for our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for uh, listening a little bit uh, to Jack Antonini, the CEO of Nikuso, and learning a little bit more about the industry and what's going on from his side. Uh, please subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast networks. We drop episodes every two weeks. And thank you and have a great day and talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.